American football collegiate coach Bear Bryant is said to have once remarked, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Hello everyone, it's Rev Brad here. On today's episode of From the Touchline, we've got a very special treat for you. I record a phone interview with a special guest who's going to come give us some insight into the beautiful game from a defensive point of view. So don't go away, we get stuck in after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him ends, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're at the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Well, I want to welcome a good friend and special guest with me today, Jared Watts. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Brad, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Been looking forward to it. This is neat. So, Jared, uh, maybe for some folks that don't know you, give us a quick rundown of your soccer background and career. You know, where'd you get your start? Who'd you play for? What are some of your personal faves and highlights throughout your days in the game? Yeah, for sure. I can go just kind of a, a quick version of my background and, uh, you know, I won't bore you too much here, but, um, yeah, I grew up in North Carolina. I had two older brothers, um, that played soccer and just kind of fell into it. Wanted to do what, um, the little brothers wanted to do and follow their older brothers. So I started playing, um, just kind of local teams. I grew up in a small, um, town outside of Charlotte. Um, I started playing and, and, kind of realized that, Hey, I like it. I loved it. Um, I played all sports growing up, but, um, then I started to take it a little bit more serious, um, did some traveling on some, some local clubs and then went and played for a bigger club in Charlotte. Um, and just kind of got recognized by, uh, some ODP teams. And so I, I went on kind of the ODP route, so state team, regional team. And then I got some exposure to some youth national teams and, starting at about U14 youth national teams kind of worked my way up and eventually got invited down to, um, the residency program, um, down in Bradenton, Florida. So I was a sophomore in high school, I was 15 and went down and lived in, in Bradenton at IMG and, and played. Wow. With, uh, what, what was yeah, that like? It was, uh, it was an awesome experience. I mean, coming from a small town, if you had told me, Hey, you're going to go away for, for high school and you're going to play soccer and you're, um, you know, going to be part of a youth national team and, and, you know, eventually play in a youth world cup, I would have thought, yeah, I don't think that's probably going to happen to me, but Hey, we'll go for it. So, uh, yeah, just kind of worked my way up and was able to go live down there and train. And some of my best friends are, are still, um, you know, people that I've made connections with down there. And obviously it's funny later on as I played in MLS, you know, you, you play, you play guys that you played with in the, on the youth national team. So it was pretty cool to have that experience. So Jared, what um, what what kind of position did you play throughout your career? Did did you uh, I mean, did you play them all? Like what? Where did you play on the field? Yeah, um, I was always kind of in a defensive position. You know, I never really was the the guy to go up and and score a lot of goals. So um, you know, with the youth national teams, I played um, some defensive center mid, center back, and then you know when I went to college as well at, w- at Wake Forest and played and played um, some, some defensive center mid and then center back as well. And then same thing, got drafted in, in, in Colorado and Houston. I played, uh, 
you know, probably 80% at center back. And I, I played a little bit of holding mid as well, but it was always kind of a defensive position. So I guess uh, for me, I never really got a lot of uh, the glory of scoring a lot of goals. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you did score a goal though, right? So let's, well, let's I scored a about, cup. Yeah. Let's talk about Saturday night, July 11th, 2015. I was there. You score your yep, first yep. professional goal. Talk us through that goal and uh, and your memory of it. Uh, what do you remember <laughs> from that night, from that moment? Yeah, yeah, it was actually a pretty special um, moment. There, we were um, we were playing Salt Lake, so obviously our biggest rival there. Um, it was kind of uh, the last leg there, um, you know, in order to. Um, you know, win the trophy, the Rocky Mountain Cup, that was kind of a big deal. So, um, yeah, I, I remember it was late in the game. It was a corner kick. Uh, I think, long story short, I just happened to be at the right time, at the right place. Um, and just kind of, I guess, before I even knew it, I was kicking the ball back into the goal. So it was just kind of a, a quick uh, rebound, and I was able to, to score. And it was ended up being, the you know, the game winner that night. I remember the celebration was a, a, a fun one and got to enjoy it with the, the teammates on the sideline. And, you know, because we had had a little bit of a tougher year, but it was uh, it was a really cool moment and definitely one that I'll uh, never forget. So, and actually it's funny because that weekend my – my wife, her uh, her parents were in town. It was the first professional game they saw me play, and you know I asked them uh, that weekend for permission to marry him. So it was a very very memorable uh, wow. weekend for me. <laughs> That's a huge weekend. Now now to be honest, to be fair, I went and I looked at footage of the goal because I was like, I want to be prepared for this. So Jared, <laughs> it was it was a left footed one time. You're rushing into the box. The the shot Ellen yeah. Do comes off the post. What, first, yep, are that's footed? right. Are you left footed? Oh no, no, oh, I'm not left footed at all. Left footed. I'm just hey. I'm just glad I was off. close enough. Yeah. And and then glad I was close I'm, enough to the goal. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's the weekend that you're asking to for your wife's hand in marriage. You score a left footed one time off the post goal. Your first. And and only professional goal like right? That's the magic. Alundu, Alundu still oh, off the post. Yes, Jared Watson is. Jared Watson is his first goal in Major League Soccer, and that could be the winner. How happy is he? And how happy are they? Is it well? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. That's it was special, awesome. right? One yeah. one of my top memories for sure. Against our rival team, so. Now I, I forget. Did we win Rocky Mountain Cup that year? Yeah, we did. We, did. we ended up winning. We ended up winning Rocky Mountain Cup that year, so that was pretty cool. Because we hadn't won that thing in years, and we haven't won it again in like years. Like it's it's been a long time. I think we've tied a few times, but wow, yeah, well, it's what, been a while. What a special night! What a special night! So so that man, you just set the table there. That is truly special, not only because of all the events going on and, and your, your in-laws in town and all of that. But I mean, you just, as a defender, a defensive midfielder, you, you don't really get a, a whole lot of chances to score, right? That's not your main aim, is it? No, you know, you don't get a, a ton of chances. So it's nice when you do have an opportunity, um, you know, to take advantage of it, but now as, yeah. as a defender, right. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different kind of mindset, um, you know, which I think makes it, 
a fun position to play you're not going to get necessarily the uh you know the glory or anything like that but it's it's fun it's a mindset it's about kind of hey protecting the team and that's i think if you kind of go in with that mentality uh that makes it pretty special yeah so say more about that that mentality what makes a great defender you know i i'm a chaplain for football for soccer i've i've seen a lot of games but if you're telling uh-huh. me or someone else who has little experience personally um, I, I think I played as a kid, I played defense for soccer, but that probably had more to do with my athleticism than other things. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What, are, what are some things that if you're going to talk to me or someone else who's not really super knowledgeable about the game, what would you say are some traits of a good defender? What are, what are some things that you would say, Hey, look for this. And I know some of it's dependent on coach preference or, Maybe some of it's down yeah. systems and tactics, but what are some traits of a good defender? If, if I'm looking for a good central defender, a defensive midfielder, a, a center back, what are some of those traits of a good defender in your mind? Yeah, I think if I uh, could build could build maybe a quote unquote like um, ideal defender or, or defensive mid, I think some of the top traits that kind of come to my mind, at least. Um, and not to say that I had all of these, but, um, you know, I, I think it would be somebody that's very reliable and can deliver, um, someone who's always proactive and thinking about, um, you know, how can I help the team when maybe the team isn't thinking about a transition or isn't thinking about a turnover and just being kind of, um, you know, someone who's aggressive and, and wants to just kind of, I guess, just kind of, you know, be a grinder and work hard. And I just think of like a, I think one word that comes to mind is just like a shield. I think that's something that can kind of, um, you know, be a, a good adjective or, or, or a way to explain a defender, right? Somebody who can shield the team and protect the team. Um, and, you know, for me, I think that's one of the, one of the more, um, you know, I guess exciting or, or things that I would look for in a defender, um, you know, something like that. I I like those traits. Those are, um, man, those are just spot on the, the reliability piece. You, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I thought, I thought maybe you would come in and go, Hey, six foot one kind of like abs of steel, like can get up in the air. Like I yeah. thought you were going to give me some of the physical traits, but you've really uh-huh. given us some mentality traits here, some things that, you know, it, it could be said of a, a tall player or a, a shorter player. It, it, it doesn't really, it, it, these are traits that kind of transcend the physicality of a particular person, uh, male or female. Like these yeah. are, these are transcendent traits, really. I mean, these are perfect. Well, and- well, and I think that's what makes soccer just a, a different type of game, right? I don't think it's necessarily based off of the physical assets of a player. I mean, definitely that helps, right? But I think just back to my career, I mean, gosh, I was never the fastest at all, was never the strongest, was never the most athletic. And, and the way that I found the field and, you know, made an impact is, hey, I understood my role. I was, I was trying to read the game smart, reliable, just aggressive doing whatever it took to help the team out and just you know knowing that my team could hey you know trust on me if something were to go wrong and you know I think that's something that soccer gives you that maybe other sports you know you don't have that man that's that's a powerful word I think you know knowing our limitations 
um, knowing our role, knowing who we are, like those things are pretty key to, to how we, um, not only play the game, but how we live life. I think sometimes too, it helps us stay in our lane. It helps us, uh, you know, live out the fullness of maybe who we're called even to be. So man, Jared, thanks for those trades. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I try and do on, on the podcast is I try and talk about where I try and connect football and faith. And so, Mm -hmm. um, today's theme is actually God is defender. And I want to share this verse with everyone in Deuteronomy 32, four, uh, it's a book found in the Old Testament, and in the Good News Translation, we read this. The Lord is your mighty defender, perfect and just in all his ways. Your God is faithful and true. He does what is right and fair. Now, if you read in a different translation, the Hebrew word there is, is the word for rock. And there are many occurrences mm. in the Bible where God is referred to as our rock. Um, you used it, though, in, in your word, Jared, you said shield. And oftentimes that imagery that the Hebrew writers would use, they would use rock in the sense of being like a fortress, being a defense, being a protective covering, especially for those who were weak and vulnerable. And, and it wasn't just a sense of uh, a shield, like we might think of a, a shield if we're watching like some uh, epic uh, – you know, costume drama or something. No, it was, it has this imagery of permanence and stability like this. I mean, Jared, you, you lived here in Colorado for a time. You remember seeing the Rocky mountains, right? I mean, Oh yeah. The, the, the image that the Hebrew writers are using there is this, this image of like that kind of mountain fortress kind of thing and saying, this is the way God is. He's our, he's our defender. He's our rock. He's a defender. Um, and we see this in other places in the Bible, too. He's, God is named as a defender of the widow, the orphan. Uh, he's a refuge for his people. And it, and it goes on for different various people that we might say are, are vulnerable or susceptible to attack or, or other things. So, so in this text, we learn that God is our mighty defender. So, so Jared, that gets me wanting to ask you a couple other questions. Like, well, one, who's the best defender you've ever played with? Like on any of your teams, like even going back to those youth club teams, was there ever a guy or person uh, it, that you got matched up with and you're like, man, this is my defensive buddy. This is my defensive partner. Like we're unstoppable. Like who's the best defender you ever played with on one of those teams? Man, that's a good question. I I think first it just comes to mind is probably my most recent year of playing in Houston when Demarcus Beasley was playing left back, and you know I was right there beside him and and playing center back next to him, and just you know I'm thinking I'm looking over at this guy, and I watched him play in all these World Cups growing up, and you know now I'm playing right beside him, and he's just I mean was just an incredible player. Literally, I'd probably say almost a perfect soccer player if there could be one. Um, just the way that he played, he, he read the game, his, uh, reliability, his work ethic, he was a captain, but he was just, you know, for me, it was one of, one of the best that I played for or, or played with. 
Um, but then I think back of my, my time at the Rapids in 2016, right, where, you know, as a team we set defensive records in, in MLS. And, um, you know, think of the playing beside Axel all those games in, in 2016 and with, with Miller on one side and Birch on the other. And I, I think just that was a special group, a defensive group with, you know, Azir and Cronin in front of us. And But I think, you know, it, it just shows you that a defender can be all kinds of – you know, shapes, sizes, it can be unorthodox. It can, you know, you can get the job done in a lot of different ways. And so, uh, you know, those are just a few that kind of come to mind thinking of, of people that I've played with. Sure. Now, uh, now is there someone that you kind of modeled your game after? Is there, is there someone that you talked about looking up to Beasley, but is there a, a someone who was in your role, your position, and you kind of said, man, I'm going to work hard like them. Like they were your model. They were the example. They were the bar that you kind of set yourself against. Was there anyone like that? I'd probably say as an American player, you know, just as I started, you know, concentrating on center back and playing it more, it was probably Carlos Bocanegra who, you know, at the time was, was captain of the national team and, you know, just a, a really good player who had a lot of experience and, you know, I think he was very visible when I was kind of coming up and was an awesome, awesome center back. So I'd say probably from the American standpoint was, was you know, Carlos Bocanegra. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, my game was – I wouldn't say it was modeled after anybody. It was just kind of unconventional. I just – you know, it was just for me, it was just a mindset of no matter what, wherever I was, whenever I was playing, it was just, you know, leaving it all out there, playing hard and – um, you know, I think that's what makes a defender, you know, it, it's fun to play defense because um, I think there's a little bit more pressure on you as, as the attacking people can mess up and it's not really, it doesn't really show, but as a, as a defender, let's say you make a mistake and, you know, it's going to show. So I think that's the part of it I enjoyed, um, you know, and got to battle some uh, against some of the, the best players that, you know, got to play against in, in MLS, these different forwards. And, you know, it was, it was just a good experience. So who who were you most afraid of? Like you were matched up against probably some some unique people throughout Major League Soccer and and that professional those professional times. But uh, for yourself, was there ever anyone on the opposing team and you're like, oh, this is going to be a tough game today? And 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 it kind of it helps you get get up for that game. It helps you get ready. Like who who would you say that was? Like maybe give us a top three. Like who were the top three? forwards or, or offensive yeah, for juggernauts sure. that you were going up against? Um, you know, I think it would just top of top of my list would probably be, you know, Wondolowski from San Jose, just knowing that his movement, you know, you give him a chance in front of goal, he's probably going to score. Um, so that was always somebody I look forward to playing against. He kind of kept you on the top of your game. Um, I mean, I'd say probably Clint Dempsey when he was in Seattle was up there as far as just battling and, um, you know, the competitive spirit that he would show. Um, that was always, you know, somebody who I enjoyed going against. And then also I remember a couple of pretty good battles with uh, with Fernando Adi out, you know, when he was out in Portland. And he was probably twice the size of me as far as weight and stature. And, you know, I was just like, hey, I'm going to have to battle all night. It was fun. Um you know, and we kind of had some pretty pretty intense back and forth, and uh, you know, it's definitely somebody I knew and was excited to uh, to compete against there. Sure, sure, yeah, those are some uh, some pretty physical guys in in terms of Adi and, and Wondolowski, especially. So, 
Um, well, you, you mentioned this, Jared. You said that uh, as a defender, there's a different mentality. And you talked about bees, like, reading the game. So, so I imagine you have to be aware of particular vulnerabilities. What, what are some of the vulnerabilities that happen in football, that happen in soccer? Like, what are some of the vulnerabilities that, as a defender, you kind of have to make a mental note about be ready for, and you got to kind of step into those, into those gaps are, are, I mean, do you think that way? Is that, what are, yeah, you have to, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, you have to always be a little bit, uh, I don't know if the right word's like pessimistic, but just, uh, you know, what if this goes wrong? Let's say your team is, is in possession of the ball and it turns over quickly, right? You should already have been organized, know what could possibly happen and try to, you know, kind of limit the attack from, from it, um, you know, getting too, uh, I guess, far along. So I think just being proactive, anything that you can do on the front end, it's going to save you, your team from, you know, whether it's running 60 yards backwards towards your own goal on a counterattack, um, but it's also going to let you, um, you know, continue to attack. So I think any way that you can communicate, limit, um, you know, areas of the field where people are dangerous. So tracking, running, like, you know, like Wondolowski, you're always going to have to know where he's at. That's something that, you know, we would game plan all week. Hey, this is his movement. This is the way he likes to move in the box, pull back post. You have to pass him on. You have to have communication. You just have to always kind of be switched on and um, know that, uh, you know, you're going to have to concentrate for the entire game. So there's no, for me as a defender, I don't think there's any breaks in the game where maybe you're an attacking mid a forward. I think you can get away with, you know, kind of cruising through the game at times, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes it would be the opposing team's player that would kind of expose, uh, maybe, maybe expose another teammate or expose a, a, a weakness in the system that you're playing. Is, is that, is that what I'm kind of getting from you? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, each each player you play against would bring a little bit of a different a different aspect to the game. But you know, as a team, you have to be solid defensively initially. And you know, I think at the end of the end of the day, it's always this thing. You know, this this thing that I like to live by as a defender. You know, you either let the ball get by you or the man get by you, but you can't let both get by you. So yeah. that's something that you know I always tried to remember and, and you know kind of. Hey, if it's if it's going to be uh, one or the other getting by, you can let it happen, but you don't let both happen. Sure. Oh, that's. I, I might need to frame that up somewhere in my office. Like, you can let the ball get by you or the man get by you, but not both. So I, I like that. Maybe I got to <laughs> figure out. A, I'm I'm going to write that down. That'll be a future podcast. We'll we'll talk through. You know what what that looks like. Uh, letting the enemy get you your opponent get beyond you or get the. The ball get beyond you, but not both. So, well, hey, Jared, back to our text today. It says the Lord is a mighty defender, but then it goes on to say he's perfect and just in all his ways. So, I mean, tell me, for a defender, what is a perfect game? What what at the end of a match, you know, you, you face the opponent, you've however you've come come out of it, like what makes you sit back and think, hey, we got stuck in today. Hey, we did our jobs well. I did my job well. It, it was for you. What is a perfect game as a defender? Yeah, um, I, I, and I don't know if there's anything, you know, a perfect game. Maybe, maybe once or twice, I feel like I've stepped off the field, and hey, I might not have put a foot wrong, right? And, and I think what that would look like is obviously the simple thing is a shutout. So you know, you're not getting scored on. 
But then I think you you know you did your job and you know you really played well when you can look at the forward or the opponent you're playing against and you can kind of sense that frustration or, you know, you're kind of getting into their head a little bit. They're out of their game. And I think that as a defender, you know, oh, okay, I think I've done my job tonight. You know, Wondolowski's yelling at the ref for the 75th time tonight and getting frustrated (laughs) and, you know, hasn't had a sniff at goal all night. I think that's when you know hey, I might have done a good job tonight, um, you know, for me. So I think that's kind of an easy way to put it, that you know that uh, you've done you've done a pretty good job there. Well, as you said, like, I imagine those, those moments when you felt like you did a good job were kind of few and far between, right? I mean, it, it'd be amazing if, if you could be a perfect defender each and every game. That's just that's impossible in today's game, right? I mean, yeah, just, no, it happens. And, you yeah. get scored on, it happens. You just have to kind of uh, process it, move on, and you can't let it, you know, linger there. Um, but when you do have that perfect game and you get the shutout and, you know, you sense the frustration from the opponent and, uh, you know, it's a good feeling. So it's definitely something that I, I enjoy doing. And and I think for us, Jared, like realizing that um, that the Lord is perfect, right, it, it helps for us to put a limitation on who we are. Cause just as you said, we get scored on, uh, we, we let ourselves down. We let our teammates down. It does, and I'm talking more than just football. Now I'm talking about just in life, we fail, we mess up, we sin, we fall short. And there we are. We're, we're picking the ball out of the back of the net or we're getting yelled at by the goalkeeper because, uh, we let down on our job or we, we had a, a, a slip or, um, you know, we, we weren't thinking yeah. clearly. And so, but, but to think about God being perfect, to think about some of these other descriptors of God, that he's just in all his ways, that he's faithful and true, uh, he does what is right and fair. I, I mean, those, those are descriptors of God that I think, here, here's where the metaphor for football uh, kind of falls short. I think, you know, there are fair players, right? I mean, there are guys that, um, are really good at the game and, and they play it fairly. They don't, they don't take cheap shots and those other things, but defenders, it's a little different, right? Sometimes you've got to, you got to get what they call that professional foul, right? Did you ever, did you ever yep. get any of those professional foul yellow cards? Oh yeah. Sometimes, you know, you have to, uh, you know, pull a Jersey or stop a counterattack and, you know, I don't think it's cheating the game, but I think you just know you have to do it and, you know, you get penalized accordingly, but, uh, you know, it happens. So I, I wouldn't say that I was, you know, a dirty player or anything like that, but definitely when it, when it, it needed to happen, you would, uh, you'd have to, to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That honesty is really refreshing, right? You know, cause I think sometimes I've, I've met, um, players who, who, came from a faith background and, you know, there's an extreme pressure, I think, to figure out your faith when you're competing in a, in a, in a high level elite level sport like football or Mm -hmm. soccer um, or in other parts and aspects of the game, because there's these moments where, um, you know, there's a sort of professionalism to the game where things are kind of, you know, you, you know, it's a guy who, goes down and he grabs the ball and walks five yards before he tosses, you know, there's those little things that slow down the game. That's kind of generally accepted. Although 
if you're the opposing team and you're behind, you're not accepting it, right? You're going after it a little bit. So that's, right. that's pretty tough. But, and, and I think too, there's a unique aspect to the sport of football because it's a team sport where you have to rely on your teammates at other times. Like you, you mentioned, uh, having Axel and Miller and Birchie, you know, that whole group with Cronin and Azira in 2016. And I remember that was a fantastic year. That, that was a year. Like I thought, man, we're, we're destined to go back to the cup. It was, it was amazing. And we were, we were so close that year, but um, <clears throat> Jared, what, what's it like to have to rely on teammates at times? Cause I, I don't think everyone in every sport will necessarily appreciate. I mean, Sure, maybe the tennis player might feel like uh, it's a solo sport, but they've got kind of a team behind them, they've, right? They've got coaches and trainers and et cetera. But, but football and, and, and um, basketball, some of these other soccer, you know, these sports are very different because you have to rely on teammates at times. You have to know that they have your back and you have theirs. So what does that look like? What does it look like to put your faith and trust in a teammate. I mean, from a very practical, pragmatic side, what, what does that mean? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think that's what makes soccer too, just such a, um, a a unique sport because it's a, it's a group of 11. Um, I mean, really it's a group of 11 working together, right. To, to be on the same page. And, you know, you obviously have your, your smaller groups within the game, but, um, you know, for example, uh, playing beside a center back who helps and, and complements you, I think that's something that, uh, you know, goes a long way. So whether I'm playing beside, you know, someone who's faster than me, uh, but maybe I do more kind of reading the game and putting everybody in position, I think finding that balance of complementing each other is just going to help the team. Um, so again, I think it comes down to, um, being confident in one another, but also everybody being on the same page and understanding kind of what's needed. And again, it's just a mentality of making sure, Hey, this person messes up. I have their back. I'm not gonna, you know, um, be upset that they mess up. I'm just going to do what I can to help, um, you know, the, the team at this moment when I'm needed. So I think as a defender, that's always kind of been and has to be a, a mentality. And, uh, you know, I think it's something that, you know, again, being a defender, it's more about a mentality versus, um, you know, anything else. At least that's from my perspective. Yeah, no, I think that's a great perspective. And in fact, you know, just to kind of translate it back again, what you're talking about there, Jared, is you're talking about faith and having faith in your teammates doesn't come by just playing in these massive one-off games, you know, once or twice a week, um, having faith mm-hmm. in your teammates comes from relationship. It comes from the exactly. daily work, the daily work of, of being in a training session of, of uh, going through preseason together, of going through the highs and lows of a season together. And so, and so friends, you're listening today. What, what I want to translate that into is faith in God. Our faith in God is is translated. It doesn't just happen in the critical life crisis moments. It doesn't just happen when we face things like coronavirus or we face things like 9-11 or we face these big momentous times. Faith in God is developed through uh, a daily routine, a daily relationship, a daily conversation, a daily walk and work together. And then and then when we come to a, a, a passage like Deuteronomy 32.4, and we read, the Lord is your mighty defender, perfect and just in all his ways. Your God is faithful and true. He does what is right and fair. 
he doesn't just show up in that moment. He's been showing up throughout all that time. And that gives us the, the foundation of confidence, the foundation of faith that we can have just, just Jared, just like you had to have in your teammates and just like we have to have in God. Well, yep. uh, yeah, go on, Jared. I mean, hey, you, you, you can't be defeated, right? If God's your, uh, if God's your defender, he's your protector. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a, a perfect way to look at it. Yeah. In Romans, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's like, if he's on our side, right. And it, if he's on our side mm-hmm. in life, like who, who can really come against you? There is no one. Cause he's going to be, he's going to be that one who's the defender and, and defending isn't just a passive thing. As you talked about, Jerry, there's a sense of organizing and communicating and, and, and getting people here and there and, and he steps into the, those places where we're vulnerable and weak. And, you know, Jared, you may not have the height that I remember Axel had, you know, and, and so you, you play and you compliment to those things, right? And it might be Axel taking a, a taller player, and it might be you taking a, a more physical player or, or a speedier player, right? It could have been those different things. And so God works in those ways, too, in our own lives to be our mighty defender. Well, hey, today I want to leave us with an adapted prayer from Ray Simpson's Celtic Blessings. It's entitled, God Be With You. And so I've rewritten it a little bit and adapted it for us. You can find a link to this great little book in the episode notes. But here's the prayer. God be with you today and forever. Jesus be in you to pardon and tether. Spirit be on you and leave you never. In the name of the all-powerful Father. In the name of the all-loving Son. In the name of the all-pervading Spirit, Father, command all spirits of fear to leave you. Christ, break the power of unforgiven sin in you. Spirit, set you free from dependence upon human ties, that you may be as free as the wind, as soft as a sheep's wool, as straight as an arrow, and that you may journey into the heart of God, our great defender. Amen. Well, hey, this is Rev. Brad and Jared Watts. Coming to you from the touchline.